Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Doctor Zong. Asleep. Uh. We're back for another week of our shenanigans and shit. I am the loaf with me, Dr. Zom. Oh, hi, y'all. This week we are bringing to you a Golgo double deuce to steal a term from our lovely gentleman counterparts. Gogo 13 starring Ken Takakura and Gogo 13 assignment Kowloon. I got it right! Yes! Yay! With one of my favorites, Sonny Chiba. Sazam, how have you been, sir? Doing all right. I'm doing okay. Um, it's raining. Cats and dogs were under a flood watch, but I'm not in the floodplain, so I don't care. How's the uh, how's the diet going? Well, I'm stuck on about nine pounds. I'm stuck, but I have two more months to go. So if I lose nine months every or nine pounds every month, two more months to go. That's twenty seven pounds. But I'm pla- I, I I don't know if I'd say I'm plateauing. But let me tell you something, people. I'm not eating shit, and I'm fucking walking so much that my my knees and my feet hurt and my hips, and and it's very disappointing when you're doing all that shit. And walking like five miles a day and fucking going away yourself and you're the same. But I endeavor to persevere. I, um, I've not lost any weight at all. Then again, I'm not trying. Fatty, fatty, two by four. And, uh, yeah, I'm just fucking out of it today. I've, I've slept like four times since last night. I fell asleep watching a movie and then I woke up at like 3 a.m., went to bed, woke up at like 7.30, watched a movie on my iPhone while I'm laying in bed, fell back asleep. I told you, laying in bed watching, it's <laughs> it's it's a killer. I got up. I what? I uh, I don't even know what the hell I did. Oh, I started watching the same movie I fell asleep to last night. I fell asleep <laughs> again, and uh, fucking woke up at noon to record this horseshit. So, oh <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm eating blueberries. Yeah, um, I read. That blueberries, you know, it's got like the, uh, I don't know if it's antioxidants or what in it. The super food. But it's, it, yeah, and it's supposed to make your cock fucking really hard and make your jizz taste like blueberry pie. <laughs> so far, it doesn't taste like blueberry pie yet. <laughs> what? He's been, he's been doing the, uh, the, the bicycle kick maneuver, yeah, jerking right off into test. his mouth for, for days now. He's dehydrated. 
Well, let me tell you, they're good, but Jesus Christ, you get this little thing, and you know, they um, once they start to ripen, boy, they're nice and sweet. But before that, they're sour. Yeah, I love blueberries. The, uh, pomegranate's another one. Um, somebody taught me a uh, pomegranate Ex- extraction technique recently that I need to try because I love pomegranate, but I've always hated fucking buying them because their little seed things are impossible to get out of the. Well, you gotta get. I guess what you gotta get that um, palm wonderful shit that Morgan Spurlock was selling in that movie about selling product placement. <laughs> well, the the um, that's ju- that's just the juice. Have you had a, have you had pomegranate, the actual fruit? I don't even know what that is. I oh. think you're making it up. It's a weird little fruit because you don't eat the fruit itself; you eat the seeds inside. And, um, like Charles Nelson Riley. Yes. And a weird little fruit. Yeah. <laughs> waka waka. Toby Jones. <laughs> the um So uh basically like submerge it underwater and the pulp that's inside starts to just kind of deteriorate and the little seeds will float. So you can just skip them right off the top of the sink. So it's pretty cool. Um I'll have to try it cuz I've been too lazy. Paul Lazaro is an asshole. I just found a, a note from uh, Slaughterhouse Five, and I'm like, "Who the fuck's Paul Lazaro?" And then I saw, I thought, "This must be somebody I hate. I better ban him." <laughs> what? What? All right. So, what have you been watching this week? <laughs> Had a conversation about that this morning too. I'll tell you about that later. Okay. Mm. What have I been watching? What have you, you say? been watching? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I've been watching. <laughs> Oh damn. Okay. Oh fuck, my dog just sat up. Lay down. Oh. Get comfortable. Comfortable. Lay down. 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 down, down. Yes. yes. All right. Anyway. Okay. I haven't watched that much and I'm not kidding this week. Me either. But it's a it's a, a diverse uh, amalgamation of cred. Um I didn't watch it. You know, I need to start watching some more bad movies. I mean, these are just like Okay, so, I mean like Whatever. Um, Netflix Instant Watch. I started watching. I wanted to watch this when it was on, but uh, I missed it. And because I like documentaries about like uh, outdoorsy stuff, like adventure and stuff mm-hmm. like that, mountain climbing and things. And um, uh, this is, uh, was like a uh, kind of, I don't know if I'd say, a re- I guess sort of like a reality show, but it was called Iditarod, The Toughest Race on Earth. And I know that. Um, in some ways, I have kind of mixed feelings about watching it. Uh, I like the you know the whole race aspect, uh, uh, being sports and and you know the, you know just man against nature and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have heard quite a bit you know people about the 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 way they treat the dogs and stuff, and that you know I don't know some some uh, like PETA and some people like that don't really care for it. So like I said, I love dogs, but you know anyway. Paul Ellering, Precious Paul. Uh, he, he uh, so far I haven't watched. I've only watched just a little bit of the first episode because uh, I got sidetracked. But um, he actually, uh, the manager of the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, uh, actually ran the Iditarod, or you know, was in the race and has sled dogs and everything uh, two different times. And um, so that's pretty cool. Um, so that's that's another reason why I was kind of interested in it. Uh, the next one uh, was only – it's like an hour-long little documentary that was on Netflix Instant Watch called True Bond. And it's about Dusko Popov uh, who was supposedly Ian Fleming's inspiration for James Bond. And it kind of shows – it shows old clips from the um, 
old James Bond movies uh, and uh, talks about the movies and then talks about this guy's life and the stuff that he did. Uh, they ask him, you know, how he thought James Bond would have actually done in the world of espionage. And, uh, you know, because he was in uh, World War II, he was a double agent um, supposedly working for the Nazis, but he was working for British intelligence. And he said, oh, he'd probably get killed in like the first, uh, you know, so many days or whatever, uh, being the way he was. Um, but it was pretty good. It was interesting. I, I had read a little bit about that guy before, so I, that's why I wanted to watch that. The next one I watched was uh, called uh, 180 Degrees South, uh, another documentary, outdoors documentary. Um, and I saw this, and I put it at the top of my queue, and I thought, man, this looks really good. And uh, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, um, it's about this – these uh, this young guy or young guys younger guys and uh, they had seen I guess um, a, um, a, a like from back in the sixties or whatever these guys had went down to uh, South America and climbed this mountain and they were the first ones to climb it summit it and everything and they and they uh, like super eight millimeter did took footage and everything. So they wanted to do the same thing and they, and they got, um, the one guy had like a, a sailboat and they got on it uh, and, and, uh, sailed down to like Chile. And, um, but I thought it was going to, I mean, it just, they kept getting sidetracked with a bunch. I mean, it, I'm all for, you know, uh, conservation and saving, you know, the, the earth and this and that and everything, but it got so sidetracked with that. And then the, he met this girl down there. And I mean, it just was like, gee, I mean, it just, it was a lot of music and they were surfers too, but I mean, mm-hmm. it just went all over the place and it, it, it didn't, uh, it only had, I mean, I was, had, had like uh, 20 minutes left and they hadn't even climbed anything yet. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. So I finished it, but I just, I don't recommend it. I mean, unless you're, if you're a hippie, um, um, uh, Fucking a real super duper hippie, you might like it. <laughs> I just didn't like it. Uh, uh, the next one was uh, called Foreign Intrigue, uh, starring um, the man, Robert Mitchum. Uh, and let me tell you something, boy, I mean, he was just. In this movie, he was young, just Hollywood, good looking, just rugged. I mean, if you, if you could, if you look, watch this movie and see Robert Mitchum in it, and you're like a, a dude, you'll think, God, I wish I could have been him just for a, uh, like a, a week or a day or something right, like that. Right. Because, you know, he was a good looking guy, but not like, you know, good looking like the fairies uh, in movies today that are supposed <laughs> to. He, he was like, you know, looked like he could really whip some ass too. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say fairies, you know, I don't mean. Whatever. You mean that in the nicest way possible. I mean, I'm not talking about homosexuals. I'm talking about people that are the douchebags that, that they hold up as macho in movies today. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're fairies. They're not necessarily gay fairies. <laughs> we're, going, we're already getting deep. I was digging a hole. I'm going, I'm looking okay, but there was a chick in this, and her name was uh, in real life was uh, Ingrid Thulin. And she was blonde. And when I first saw her, I saw this blonde hair pulled back in like a ponytail. And I thought, oh, God, and, you know, this chick, I wonder what she looks like. And she turned around. And I was like, really? <laughs> I, mean, I didn't find it. She was <laughs> love interest. And I didn't find her attractive at all. I mean, she just she had a nice body, but her face was just kind of her. Um, next one was Walking Tall 2. Uh, now, I've seen this one a million times because I was a big 
Is that Sorbo? No, Sorbo. What the fuck are you talking about? Wasn't he in Walking Tall? He was in like the goddamn remake of The Rock Walking Tall. Yes. Original Walking Tall. (laughs) Well, I know that. (laughs) But anyway, this has Bo Svensson in it. And um, uh, he took over for Joe Don Baker uh, after the first one. And uh, I liked this one a lot more when I was a kid. I still like it now, but it's not nowhere. It's nowhere near as good as the original with Joe Don Baker. Um, Walking Tall, the payback. <laughs> when this, they are portrayed. So, I mean, Svensson, I like Bo Svensson, and I'll probably see him at like fucking Horror Hound or something. But Bo Svensson is in this movie, and he's playing Tennessee Sheriff. Buford Pusser, and but he's got that country accent, but it's it's he's but Swedish. Right, I mean, he's right. got a accent, but then he's trying, he's doing the country too, which he you know that's normal thing because that's how you know even though his parents were from or his dad or whatever's from over there, uh, he actually did grow up in the south. But uh, the two standouts in this are uh, Richard Jekyll and uh, Luke Askew uh, as the kind of the scummy people that are trying to kill. Buford Pusser, but it's still it's still good. It's it's just um, it's uh, it's kind of like rural uh, exploitation. Uh, let's see. Anyway, the next one I watched was the Ides of March uh, with George Clooney, Ryan Gosling, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Paul Giamatti, and I liked this. I thought it was really good. Uh, I had heard that. I mean, you know, it's all subjective, but I had heard from other reviews that Gosling wasn't that good in it. I thought he was fucking great in it uh hoffman and giamani were fucking awesome and clooney was in it i mean but he was not it was almost like um the one where about chuck barris being the uh right 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 it it was like that he he was he was in it and he was one of the the main one of the main focus he's the guy running and everybody else you know it's about the about an election um but he wasn't like on screen all the time. He was just the, the guy. Uh, but I thought it was really good. And it had some twists and turns that I didn't see coming. And um, I think, hey, if you're a Republican or a Democrat, I think you can like this movie. Uh, the next one I watched was uh, Killer Elite with Chase Statham. Uh, <laughs> Clive Owen and Robert De Niro. And the thing about this movie... Um, I, even watching the trailer, I was rooting for Clive Owen. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and 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 I'll be honest with you, it had even the people that were in it that were like, uh, say, Statham's guys working with him or whatever. Uh, they were really good, but it, to me, I thought Statham was out of place. Um, it was like it, it, I know that he's done some some. Movies other than like uh, Crank and uh, the the one the Driver movie, well, I can't remember what the fuck that's even called, the Transporter. Transporter. But he just uh, and I know he's a good a- action, but I think this movie would have been served better if they would have had just like a a, a um, I mean if they'd had fucking Ryan Gosling or they would have had a, a really good actor because he's the main guy. Yeah. And then you have Clive Owen, who I think is a really good actor, and De Niro. De Niro was in it, but he wasn't in it as much as I would have liked him to be. I think it was almost like he was kind of cashing a paycheck 
But I liked the story. De Niro? Rem- no. Huh? He never cashes paychecks. No. It, 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 uh, to me, it could have been in the right hands, more like Ronan, uh, sort of that kind of a movie. Right. And it's supposedly the guy that wrote it. I think the book is called uh, The Featherman. Uh, and he said that um, that there was almost like a there was a, a secret society or a cabal of ex British SAS uh, men, and um, that um, somebody hired these mercenaries or this uh, Arab sheik sheikh uh, that was like a billionaire hired uh, these mercenaries to kill um, like uh, four or five of them because they were involved in a massacre. And so the guy said it was true. The people, a bunch of the people that he, and in the book he actually named like real names and events and people that had gotten killed. But then he say like somebody got killed in a training accident well he said it wasn't an accident that somebody that they made it look like an accident but so but i it wasn't great but i thought it was pretty good yeah. two hours long man anyway uh next one i watched i had watched before uh the movie blackthorn with uh sam shepherd and eduardo Nochiega. we had that at our theater for a while it looked pretty good i i um the first time i saw it see i mean i'm a big huge fan of butch cassie and the sundance kid with Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And so this here recently, it came out with either DNA and with uh, letters and stuff like that, that, that uh, uh, Robert Leroy Parker, who was Butch Cassidy actually didn't get killed. Like they said he did at the end of Butch Cassidy and Sunday's kid. And that he came back to the U S and lived out the rest of his life with his family or whatever. And so it's pretty much like cut and dry that that's what happened. So they made this movie and, um, uh, I thought Sam Shepard did a really good job. I've talked about this before on another episode when I watched it the first time, yeah. but we'll say this. Uh, I think I liked it better. I think I liked it better even the second time. And another thing is Sam Shepard sings in it and it's actually pretty good, you know? So, um, but, and the guy uh, that Eduardo Noriega was, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, the next one I watched, I mentioned last time, but I hadn't finished it. It was called The Alien Girl, and it's a Russian movie by Anton Bormatov. And the chick in it's name is Natalia Roman, Romani, Romanichiva. And she was pretty hot. And um, there is a, I was going to say a nude scene on a train, like a, bullet train or Orient Express like train, but it wasn't just a nude scene. She was getting fucked and it was pretty good <laughs> standing, standing up in front of the window with her boobies smashed against the window and the guy behind her. So that was the highlight of the movie for me. And, um, she reminds me a lot of, um, I think that, uh, uh, uh Asia Argento probably could have played the part cause they kind of looked the same. Uh, but it was, it was, it was okay. It wasn't very good, I didn't think. I mean, it was uh, wishy-washy down the middle kind of a deal. Um, next one I watched was Revolutionary Road with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Uh, I thought this was good. and it, it, um, I don't know if this is where they – I don't know if Mad Men came – the TV show Mad Men came after this or at the same time or what. But I could see where it may have come about because of this movie because – they, they just the way they went back in time to like the fifties, the way the people dressed, uh, the cars, everything was just spot on. Michael Shannon was fucking just uh, his part was just fucking awesome. If you ever watch this movie and you see his part in it, uh, he is so memorable. 
but it's I, I really liked it and uh um I wasn't thinking when I was watching it with one of my friends uh, he's kind of going through sort of a a difficult time uh with his like a, a breakup mm-hmm. and this movie is not something that someone that's going through a difficult time <laughs> breakups to watch. And I was about uh, 15, 20 minutes into it or maybe, you know, more than that. And, uh, you know, they're fighting like all the time, the husband and wife, DiCaprio and Winslet. And I was like, Oh shit, I probably shouldn't have fucking be watching this. But anyway, he didn't pay attention. So I don't give a fuck. Anyway, I'm insensitive. Uh, the next one I watched <laughs> was uh, underworld rise and fall of the lichen. Um, uh, not my choice. <laughs> or, uh, it's um, this one doesn't even have uh, Kate Winslet in it, um, which you know that's one of the main reasons I watch it is to watch her in the black latex pants. Uh, but it has uh, Rona uh, Mitra, uh, who was in fuck I can't remember what that movie was about the post apocalyptic kind of Mad Maxy movie. Uh, anyway, but uh, um, but she's. All right. I mean, I don't know, but um, it it uh, it had Michael Sheen in it too. So I was kind of like, hey, you know, Michael Sheen. I guess he was in all of them, and he must have been married to uh, um, Beckinsale. Did I say Beckinsale a minute ago? Or did I say Winslet? Winslet. Yeah, it was Beckinsale. Uh, but he must have been married to her at one time. And um, so, and and then after watching uh, Frost Nixon, and then watching him play this bearded, long haired. Uh, uh, like leader of the werewolves. I'm like, uh, <laughs> it was kind of weird. Uh, cause my friend came over and goes, isn't that the guy from Frost Nixon? Oh, yeah. yeah that's him. Um, you ever seen him in, um, in lead, uh, da- uh damned United. Uh, that's a pretty good movie. He's I heard him get interviewed on, um, Oh, uh, Mark Kermode's podcast. Um, and I mean, it was it was a pretty good interview. He does a lot of Shakespearean stuff, I guess, for the stage and everything. And he's pretty pretty seemed like a pretty cool guy. Yeah. I mean, he uh, Kate Beckinsale, probably Kate Winslet too. Same time. The only other two things I have, I, I uh, uh, read the book. Um, um, the Great Derangement by Matt Taibbi, and it's uh, it's not a very long book, but it's uh, pretty good. It's all about. Uh, it, it, I was just thinking when I was watching it that they, you know, they made the uh, like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, or you know, um, <clears throat> or the Buffalo Roam about Hunter S. Thompson, and I could see where they could make this movie. In, or this book into a movie uh, because he, you know, he's he's a um, like managing editor or something like that, assistant editor, or managing editor or whatever for Rolling Stone. And I like all of his, I mean, you know, he's, if you, you can find a clip on YouTube where he's being interviewed on the Chris Matthews show and Matthews asking him about why people don't like Rush Limbaugh. And he said, cause he's a big fat, obnoxious idiot. You know? <laughs> he just comes out and says the shit. But anyway, the, the whole, uh, part of the the whole book is about him um he went to uh pastor john hagee had a uh, like a religious retreat mm-hmm. uh where you go and um you know if you have problems and like for for i don't know how long it goes on i can't remember but um and they teach you to let the lord in and to speak in tongues and everything i mean like really do it they're not Jesus. like teaching you to, to fake it and he went undercover to this thing and did this and and played it straight i mean went through all this stuff and just hearing his comments on the shit that they were doing <laughs> is fucking hilarious in the other book 
I'm reading right now is also Matt Taibbi. It's called Griftopia. And if you want to know about why the um, world economy almost collapsed uh, here recently, um, he goes into detail. He explains it. So, and I mean, it wasn't just like one thing, but one of the uh, one of uh, chapter that I was uh, reading that um, kind of made me laugh right right off the bat was uh, one called uh, "The Biggest Asshole in the World," and it's about Alan Greenspan. That's the name of the chapter, <laughs> and so it's pretty good too. So, but it's it's uh, you know. Uh, he tries to explain like the derivatives and uh, subprime uh, mortgage loans and stuff like that, and he does it in a way that you can understand. But some of the shit is—it's a when it boils right down to it, it's all a big con, right. and it's all about corruption uh, at every damn different level. But um, but you know, it's 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 interesting. It's um, so far, it's not as funny as the Great Derangement, where he goes and infiltrates the uh, the born agains. But it's still it's it's interesting, and it's a lot longer. But that's all I got. All right, um, I didn't watch a ton either. I, I I think I mentioned last week that I watched Temptress of a Thousand Faces for um, podcast without honor and humanity. Um, that that is a uh, Hong Kong remake of a, the French film Phantomas from '64. Um, so I, I actually watched Phantomas right after because I've been sitting on that one a while and it, it was good. Uh, there's, it's funny and there's some uh, there's some pretty wild stunts in it. So I was pre- I was impressed with that one. Um, uh, Terry was talking about uh, on um, uh, Paleo Cinema. He reviewed uh, uh, Doctor Mabusa movies and he was talking about Phantomas. I've never seen any of them. That's the first time I ever heard about it was when you and him were both talking about it. So yeah, go the, over there, listen to him if you want to. Yeah, let's, listen to that. <laughs> listen to that. Okay. The, um, the 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 character Phantomas. I don't know if he's from literature, but um, he's been in film since the you know. I guess early cinema. I mean, 1913, 1914, there were Phantomus movies in France. So, um, Ooh, France. Ooh. Freedom price. Uh, I watched violent cop also for a podcast without any humanity. Um, violent cop is a, uh, is Takeshi Katana's first film. And it was, it was really good. Again, you can hear my review of that on, um, on his show. He I'm going to listen to it. Released it this past week. Um, it's amazing. I, I, I learned in the show, uh, Jake told me that he that uh, Katano actually um, he was the founder I guess the founder he was the host and came up with the idea for the for that TV show the Japanese TV show uh, Takeshi's Castle which I think is like MXC something like that on on Spike they showed it you know like the it was like grown up Double Dare mm-hmm. you, I don't you ever, did you ever watch that they had it dubbed over on Spike I have no idea what you're talking about and, and there was like they would like do these like. Or that show Wipeout that's on now is very similar. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like that, the Ninja Warrior. Yeah. What? Where they? Are you talking about like the? It's like a fucking show where they they do like obstacle courses. Yeah, and, yeah. they 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 call the one that was on the. I think it might have been on G four. Might have been on. I think it was on G four where they go through like uh they have all the obstacles and shit knock the hell out of each of yeah. them and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they 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 had one in the '80s in Japan, and this guy beat Takeshi. Actually, was the host of it, which I had no idea. Which is pretty funny that this guy goes from comedy and just decides, you know what, I'm going to do these uh, cop movies now. So, so that was his first one, and and, um, you can listen to my review of it. It was good stuff. I will listen to it. Um, I watched the artist uh, at at work um, after the. 
after the everybody had left the other night, I, I was closing up shop and was like, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to thread up the artist and watch it. So I, I threaded the projector and went back downstairs and watched the artist. And about halfway through, this is about one forty-five in the morning, the mm-hmm. fucking cleaning lights come on in the theater and I almost shit myself because <laughs> the only way for those to come on is for somebody to turn them on. Yeah. They don't, it's not an automatic thing. <laughs> I fucking, oh, oh my God, it scared the shit out of me. Well, the, the, the janitor who comes in the middle of the night, I didn't know he came that early. <laughs> he was there at one forty-five, but God, did it scare the shit out of me. Cause I'm in this giant theater by myself, six yeah. screen theater by myself watching the movie and all of a sudden the lights come on. I'm like, what the fuck? I think you run out there. Yeah. What'd you do? Nothing. He doesn't speak great English. So you I just, just like, watching it? yeah, I just, I just said, um, I'm finishing up in here. So I just turned the lights back off for that theater and went back in and I just, I didn't see him again. I turned him back on when I left. Should and just scream, get out. <laughs> um, oh, um, yeah. and speaking of I that, I did, uh, I, I actually saw last night, um, I guess because it's getting so much Oscar buzz, uh, I saw a trailer on like just regular TV for that movie, which was, it surprised me because I haven't seen one thing about, I haven't seen one trailer on our, t- on our TV around here or on any of the national uh, channels uh, with trailers for that movie. And now, you know, that's kind of cool. It's, it's really good. Um, <laughs> I think some people in our community are probably going to get some pushback on it because because it got a lot of Oscar attention, but it's the kind of movie because it's like, oh, it's fatty and stuff like that. But it's actually really good. I liked it a lot. It's not um, as good as Drive. I I did not like it as much as Drive, but um, which I don't know you were a huge fan of. But the, but they um, did um, uh, the Drive didn't get nominated for Albert Brooks did, but I don't think uh, wait, did I he get nominated? He didn't. I actually just posted a. a a uh, video of that on Sylvan Gold. You he know did that, or he that, didn't? He did not. Said, but you know that oh. inter- internet meme the from um, down that movie Downfall where you've yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. subtitle well, that's Hitler because I, I saw you. But I, I didn't know, but I, I just glanced <laughs> over and saw that. I thought he actually did, but then I heard that someone said that they it didn't get uh, nominated for anything. So I figure a lot of people are going to be, especially you know our people loved Drive. Yeah. Um, but the the artist, there's some really amazing stuff in it. Um, the the main actor uh, who I can't remember his name. Um, I don't think he's been in much outside of France. Alex Karras. What? Alex Karras. Yeah, Alex Karras was he was he's very good as a like he seems like one of those guys that was probably uh, an actor that was born in the wrong era. Yeah, he was a fucking good football player too, and he hadn't been you know he's not in the Hall of Fame yet because of the gambling scandal. <laughs> so um, that was fun, despite my uh, interruption right in the middle. Um, and then uh, but the interruption from the cleaning man, or the interruption from me in the middle of your review. <laughs> yes, um, yes. <laughs> and then the next day, uh, um, also at the theater, I watched Shame. And speaking of, get the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> another another one where it's a shame <laughs> that he was not no, nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> um, Fastbender is amazing in this movie. Uh, Just tag some ass in this movie. He tags a lot of ass. Um, oh yeah. He, I don't know. He went to his dark place for this one, and it's uh, it's Did really good. It's depressing. Hole? What? The butthole. It's <laughs> somebody else's. Um, oh, the dark place. <laughs> Yodel in the canyon. Um, 
And uh, the the only other movie I watched was the the uh, oh and shame shame the movie itself is very good as well. Um, shame, you promised you'd teach me how to shoot. The uh, I, the movie I watched this morning when I was trying to fall back asleep in bed on my iPhone was I Like Killing Flies, the documentary that... Did you want it? Uh, but you kept falling asleep? No, no, no. I wait, I watched the whole thing, and it was awesome. Uh, I loved it. This I've guy watched is just it like a, right 50 fucking times. This guy's just like the, this like bizarre genius. <laughs> Anytime I'm just sitting around, like, in, you know, like if I'm on the computer or just sitting around doing something, and I just want like something playing that I can just listen to, yeah. I'd love to have this just on audio so I could just listen to it. I want to go to his restaurant. I went to the – I looked up like the Yelp page on Google uh, for the uh, restaurant, and I love when people like are, are pissed about getting kicked out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so what? funny. This, like, they, they, these people came in and they on the review, and they ordered uh, – like. An entree each plus there was only two of them, and they ordered an entree each plus a half entree to share. And the waiter was like, "That's too much food," and they're, and they're like, "What?" And they like got in an argument, and like, what's his face, uh, Kenny? Uh, what's his last name? Shopson. He told him to like suck his cock and get the fuck out of the <laughs> And like the, all of this is in the review, so it's really funny. Well, you know, the one thing I, I have seen it like a bunch of times i said 50 but I, I would say probably like you know five or six times which is a little different than 50 um that's why my penis is 12 inches long anyway um <laughs> i uh, <laughs> but you know the last time i watched it and i you know i don't know give something i'm not going to say exactly what it is but there's a part at the end about his wife yeah and i literally i forgot about that and it it really kind of choked me up you know just to, just the fact and, and you know just them they've been they've been together for so or they have been together for so long and their relationship and everything. i mean yeah. that's you could just really tell uh you know uh, people talk like me you know bitch about our oh, women this and that and everything but i guess when you find the right one like he found the right one yeah. and she found him and they were together for so long i mean it's just it's touching when you see people that are that uh they're they're just like you know one thing one yep. end of the, you know, that's great. And I, I, I I'm like, never gonna have that. <laughs> I'm gonna die alone. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm gonna let Zom compose himself, and uh, we're gonna take a break. And uh, let's let's review. How about we'll just go in chronological order, and we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna review. <laughs> <laughs> 1973's Golgo 13 first. <laughs> we'll be we'll be, we'll be right back. <laughs> oh my god, I can't breathe. <laughs> Are you serious? Podcast bestofalot.com. Linoleum knife. 35 millimeter hero. Chin stroke versus pencil. Family movie night. Bloody good horror. Girls on film radio. Night of the Living Podcast. A mail order zombie. Outside the cinema. Popcorn mafia. Perhaps you'd be interested in Gleecast. First time caller podcast. Showshow.podomatic.com. The David Pakman Show. Hello, gentle listeners. I'm Fozzie Bear. There are a lot of podcasts out there, and it's impossible to listen to them all. That's where the Podcast Podcast comes in. On the Podcast Podcast, we have very special guests from some of the best shows on iTunes, covering everything from movies to television to literature to pop culture and politics. On the Podcast Podcast, you can listen to these guests and decide if you should check out their show or keep on moving. Find us in the iTunes store by searching for me, Fozzie Bear. That's F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E.
sorry, I had to let that play out for a second. Zom's uh, what in the goddamn hell was that? Zom's favorite, Megadeth, Dave Mustaine. <laughs> Ugh. You are so I really don't hurt his feelings. About you, man, you hurt my feelings. Killing is my business. Poor and guy. Business is good. You know, uh, he's a sensitive guy. Um, All right. First film today uh, is one that's a little hard hard to track down. No goddamn motherfucker, Netflix. You can suck my dick. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, those son of a bitches. God damn it. I guess I'm going to be watching Fassbender and Jane Jane Eyre because... uh, I moved goddamn real steel to the top, and I'm getting fucking Jane Eyre instead, you goddamn son of a bitches. Yeah. I wanted to watch real steel and Blu-ray. It's fucking cocksuckers. Somebody- and I just watched Jane Eyre with a goddamn fatso fuckface. Uh, what's that fatso fuckface's name from the uh, Orson Welles? It was good. <laughs> maybe so- maybe uh, Fast Bender will show his big fat cock. Good lord, is he hung like a fucking camel? Is he? Oh my god, a fucking gigantic hog on that guy. So Christine Makepeace is a uh, <laughs> dream. <laughs> well, just about everybody that's on Girls on Films dreams are coming true. <laughs> hog. He, uh, he fucking he takes a piss in shame. Like you see him from the back, he's standing there naked in front of the toilet. He's not it. it the the shit you could see it clearly hanging down between his legs while he's pissing. Balls or dick? Dick. Colin Farrell has a long ball sack. I don't know about his cock. But <laughs> this was all that dick. fucking Alexander man from behind. He climbed into bed with Rosario Dawson, or maybe it was a dude. Might have been Jared Leto. But goddamn, his nuts hung down, <laughs> and I'm like, man, as young as you are, and your balls are hanging down like that. They're going to they're dip in the water soon. Yeah. The uh, somebody at work told me that um, uh, she heard that. Um, Fassbender actually wanted to be uh, Hans Landa in *Inglorious Bastards*, and um, mm-hmm. and uh, that Tarantino was like uh, anyone His that is, any, no no anybody that has played Rochester in fucking Jane Eyre will never be Hans Landa. Uh-huh. So I thought that was pretty funny. Surprised you didn't get Jamie Fox to play him. Is that his name, Rochester? Yeah, yeah. I've never even read the book or anything, so. Um. All right. So, uh, well, in the end, here's what happened. Nineteen seventy-three, Golgo thirteen. Um. This is a this is a series that is uh. Well, I'll I'll talk about that in a second. I'll let you introduce it here. Golgo. Well, going to the synopsis on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> it is. This is the synopsis on IMDb. <laughs> I, I, pro- I probably before we started uh to, to started. Should have looked at IMDb to see if there was a synopsis. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Gorlago 13, Duke Togo, is a professional assassin. He's one of the best. And he's hired to do what he does best, daddy-o. And that is killing. Kill a motherfucker. That's about it. There's no synopsis. I was not totally unprepared because I, I, I uh, thought that IMDb would actually have something, and they have nothing. Um, yeah, he's um, he is a he's a, he's a yellow assassin. He's, <laughs> he's a sni- he's a sniper. He's very um, 
enigmatic. Yes. Uh, but uh, once he takes a job, he never misses. He's legendary or whatever. And he – that's basically the movie. He's he's hired to do what he does best. Now, what I'll, said. I'll say beforehand, with it, it might spoil it a little bit. For both of these movies, I think coming in with some background on the uh, – th- this is based on a um, – well, first it was a a comic, a manga in Japan, manga, whatever you say. And I have, what's that? I have uh, I have like one uh, where he is hired to kill. Oh fuck! It's not Heinrich Himmler. It's a uh, fucking I, my Nazis are all fucked up now. But the the good Argentina kill an ex big wig Nazi Martin Borman. Okay, is good too. Well, he, it's a he great. um. He, the the writer of it, it, it eventually became a, an anime, um, and actually the guy uh, T- Takao Saito, the creator, actually I think he wrote he wrote the screenplay for this one. I don't know if he did for the other one, which, which is kind of cool. So, um, but I think going in with some background on the character might help both of these movies. Um, he did not on the second one. Okay, I, I had a little bit of background. I knew who Duke Togo was or Dick Togo. I think as we said last week. <laughs> Um, the wrestler, the wrestler, <laughs> um, and because so, there's some things in both of these, um, particularly like a medallion he wears that I think is probably covered a little better in the comics, and they just kind of like show it here for the people in the know. Um, and the fact that he's like super sniper, and they you know they never tell his background. And when I said yellow assassin, uh, there's a funny scene at the beginning where they're kind of like typing up his dossier or whatever. Somebody is. You just see the hands in the typewriter, and it's like hair black, color or, you know, eyes black, color yellow, <laughs> which was pretty ridiculous. But why? Um, I don't know. And then, uh, but this starts Ken Takakura, who we've seen already on our show from uh, the Yakuza. It's also in Black Rain. He's also in Black Rain, which I have very seen. good movie, excellent movie with Michael Douglas. <laughs> Check it out if you get a chance. Um, it's a Canadian favorite. This this one this one has not been given a lot of love. I don't think on the uh, home video market, so to speak. Not at all. I mean, it's it. Uh, I didn't I didn't even know that there was another one that it existed, and then you know. Uh, even through other means for the longest time up until probably just a few weeks ago, nobody had it. Well, this is, um, the, the Golgo 13. It's he, they, they briefly cover it in this film that it means something like the 13th man and has something to do with Judas. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's very vague and they keep the character vague intentionally. Um, and I got to wonder if they, uh, added to Takakura's eyebrows, because the uh, the in the manga and the anime, uh, Duke Togo definitely has some fucking giant eyebrows. So I kind of wonder if uh, they kind of like put some mascara in there to make them bigger. But um, starts off early with some sweet uh, hair and sideburns and stashes. Uh, th- this film largely takes place in Iran, and uh, the uh, the baddies in this movie are some hairy dudes. They got some uh, wispy wispy mm-hmm. temples and giant mustaches and. <laughs> Um, the villains in this, or the, I guess the main villain and his like underlings are pretty cool in this movie. Um, the main villain's called Max Boa, which is already a cool name. That's that, that sounds like it's out of a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, as where the other one does not have that kind of solid, uh, you know, iconic bad guy. Um, 
And I, I always love a good crash zoom, and that's how Takakura is introduced when he sneaks into a room and the camera's just like, whomp, on his face, which is pretty neat. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Takakura establishes himself as a badass early when a, a guy's just talking after he's handed him a bunch of papers. So he's being hired to kill this guy who they've had very little luck assassinating, Max uh-huh. Loa. And um, they, uh, the, you know, the guy that's giving him, that's going to be paying him, um, they're meeting in a hotel and he, um, he's talking and talking and talking and Takakura is just like, you know, keep quiet while I read this. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, and they, I you know, they, they, they throw that other, they throw the thing in there. Like, like I said, the medallion, they throw the thing in there that he doesn't like his, uh, he doesn't like to shake hands. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second movie, I, I figured it was because it had something to do with, uh, his, it's his trigger finger or something. It's cause mm-hmm. they say in this one, he doesn't like to have his right hand grabbed. Because they, well, they mention it in the second one as well. It's like, oh, that's right. You don't like to shake hands, so that you you're giving away your hand or something like that. Um, now I thought this chick was annoying at first, but I, my note is he pulled a zom on that needy chick <laughs> when uh, he's he, he's he's given this assistant by the guy giving him money, and I thought when she had her hair up, she looked kind of momish. I didn't really like her too much, and she's like, "Yeah, we, we, you know, we have to. Uh, we're gonna have to play husband and wife." So, blah blah blah, and so basically, he just bangs her and disappears in the middle of the night. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So he pulled a zom on her. Um, but I actually ended up liking her by the end of the film. She took her hair down, and loosened up a little. So, um, and it's interesting in this film too that they don't show the opening credits. It was twenty minutes in before they mm-hmm. show any opening credits. So <laughs> it's like the last the last movie with Dennis Hopper. I think Sammy <laughs> said that was the longest he'd ever been in been into a movie before they showed like it was like a half an hour into the movie and then they should have the credits come up and say the last movie. This was rivaled that big time. <laughs> you know, I just noticed this uh, this film is directed by Junius. Uh, oh Sato, I'm excuse. I, I thought I thought for a second when I looked at it, Sato and Saito. I thought they might be related, but no. Uh, the director is Junya Sato, not, and the writer is Takao Saito. So, um, so the, I mean, this this movie does a decent job at times of showing the Duke Togo character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one one issue I think is that he's so enigmatic. Uh, sorry, enigmatic and so like. I guess cool that he can be a little cardboard. Um, and I think that was a, that was an issue with Takakura's portrayal of him. Um, it might've been more like, like the comic, like, and there's a, there's actually a new run of the anime that's on Netflix instant, I think, or it might be on Hulu. Yeah, it's um, on Netflix. It's on both, both, I think. And that's pretty much how he is. I mean, these people, everybody is usually the story is everybody's going to freak out. What are we going to do? Oh, let's hire this guy. And he comes in. He just walks in and like, dude, you can't do that. And then he fucking shoots a mile away and kills somebody and then walks off. And, you know, it works in a short, a shortened thing. But in a, in a film, you know, it works in a 22-minute episode. In a film, it can get a little stale. So they need to throw in, I think, some excitement or some, you know, some maybe out-of-character things. I think Takakura might be a little too stoic in this role, which like I said, might be more accurate, but it, it can get a little like sluggish at times. Um, but that said, I mean, he does do some pretty awesome things. Like there's a, I did like the way it was shot. He, when he, he shoots a guy that's in a, 
well, behind, from through glass. And, you know, you can tell it didn't actually happen then because the guy's head is obscuring the glass. And then he just like kind of slumps down and you see the cracked hole in the glass, which is pretty neat. Um, and usually, usually, uh, Golgo uses a, uh, an M16, which is a really bizarre sniper rifle, but, um, that's usually his weapon of choice, but, uh, he actually used a pistol for that particular one. So, um, and uh, I gotta, I gotta wonder what was up with that payphone. That there's a guy, there's a character in it that's not, he's not in it for long, but his name's Mister Wine, and he gets in this phone booth and uses a, a phone. And the phone look, it looks just like it looks like a blue box on the side of the phone booth, and then like the receiver look, just looks like half of a set of headphones, and I like military style like headset, like a headset. And I got to wonder, was that like built for the film or was that, was, I mean, was that real? Did they just run out of money and they're like, uh, just cut a fucking pair of headphones in half. It'll look, it'll be close enough. Cause they not even <laughs> afford a fucking phone booth. It would look really bizarre. Um, the, uh, there's a cool line in it when the woman says, uh, actually it's the, it's, what was her name in the movie? Do you know the, his assistant? Shit. I cannot it- remember her name at all. No, you're not going to remember it by looking at IMDb. Yeah, IMDb gives nothing. The only thing they have is Ken Takakura, Golgo 13. Everybody else, they have the the actors' names, but they don't. Her name was... I have it written down here, I think. Maybe not. Jesus Christ, I didn't take very good notes at all. I think her name was... uh, No, no, no. Her name wasn't Julie, because Julie was a parrot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah mr mr boa no, I, don't, I don't have it written down i don't remember it's a cool like eccentric villain kind of thing that he has a parrot that sits on his shoulder and uh bond, james bond kind of villain there's some there's some yeah yeah definitely there's some cool uh there's some cool stuff that ties in with that parrot i thought <laughs> especially <laughs> especially at the very end <laughs> it was oh, so that, fucking great it was worth watching the movie just for that let's see it was totally pointless it was a di- big dick move <laughs> and, but man was it funny <laughs> um oh, i loved it the uh but she his assistant has a cool line it says there's a woman just oil for a killing machine like you <laughs> i thought that was pretty neat That's but a- did they say that's a fast bender too in that movie? <laughs> yeah, that dude, that dude doesn't need oil. His, that that that's fucking giant camel uh, horse cock that produces its own fucking gravity. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, what were you gonna say? Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool how Mister Boa has his hot chick just lay on his desk and hold the phone for him because he can't even be bothered to fucking pick up the phone for himself. Um, be a dream. Some other uh, some other issues I have, I guess, with the film. There's some jumps in the story that kind of, I don't know, they kind of cheat a little bit. Like, uh, how does Golgo know to hang out by a payphone waiting for somebody, or how does he know to go to a particular hotel in this busy busy city to find his assistant? Or uh, how did Boa? I never figured out how Boa's guys figured out there was an Asian assassin after them. They all of a sudden they just knew it was an Asian guy that was trying to get Mister Boa or. Uh, Max Boa. The yellow and, uh, skin. Right. Well, he was the only Asian guy in Iran. <laughs> they hadn't even seen him yet, though. Um, and how does he know where to always go to find Boa? He fucking, like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, got to drive 200 miles to go get Boa. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't find that out. Um, the uh, But something I do love about manga and anime and films made from them are, like, the boss fights. And this one's got a couple of cool ones. Uh, one's, one's with a blind guy. 
Um, I thought that was pretty cool. And then the Max Boa thing, who Max Boa is not a tough character, but the way they have him be like a a tough like target is pretty neat. Um, it happens a couple times. So, um, I've never seen a Mercedes used uh, as a monster truck. <laughs> so, so that was that was a cool scene too. I, I took a I took a a picture yesterday morning. I was watching this, drinking coffee, on, and watching this on my iPad. So and it was a, it was the scene with the Mercedes uh, uh, car stunt. So and then, and then I'm, I I didn't take my I'm a lot more notes after that. But I said there's no reason for the extra bit on the end. But I did laugh quite a bit. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can go over your notes here. This, I didn't have a lot of notes on this one. Um, and like I said, I think it's because a lot of it, the, the, the action stuff is fun, but some of the dialogue gets a little, but just because of his style of character, I think so. Well, um, just uh, some of the stuff that was said in the movie, uh, taking, uh, you know, from listening to Jake McLarge, huge podcast without honoring humanity. Um, you wonder if it's as funny as you think it is, or if it is funny because, uh, you know, the translation, mm-hmm. uh, is funny because like, the woman is just so, when she's kind of trying to seduce, uh, Golgo, at the when they first meet, um, you know she's like, or, or, uh, he's he's like embrace me, and then she's, like, uh, if you don't love me, Golgo, something may go wrong. Like when she says, if you don't let, they just met, and she's saying, you know, okay, uh, my boss says that I'm supposed to be pretending to be your wife, and so I have to do that in every way, which means <laughs> I have to I have to fuck you, and he, she's like, if you don't love me, Golgo. Something may go wrong. When she says love, that means if you don't fuck me, Golgo, something may go wrong. That was kind of weird. Um, let's see. I always, I think it's funny that he – see, I think – I mean I know that he's known as Golgo 13. So, but, but I guess people don't know him as Duke Togo because when he signs into these places like – the the hotels he just signs in as Duke Togo and I'm like why the fuck would you do that? Um, there was a gimp uh, I shouldn't say gimp physically challenged uh, assassin in this uh, <laughs> he he uh, he has one of those like uh, a Jimmy leg I guess um, oh that was cool yeah yeah. And That's one of my one. notes, yeah, I didn't mention it, that one too. So. He he had the stiff leg. He just had like the leg that looked like he had a a, a, a two by four stuck all the way down his <laughs> pants, and he couldn't bend his leg. Um, and, and the leg has a, a secret compartment, which was fucking cool. That was like old yes. school '60s spy movie shit, like uh, Man from Uncle or James Bond. Um, one of my notes says uh, moustaches, and right underneath of it, it says Iran number one, the chic number one. Because <laughs> there's, baby. like you said, man, there's some hair bags in this. Everybody in this movie uh, looks like they were related to Ron Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man, there's some big bushy mustaches, seventies mustaches, and hair. Um, I like that this, that that it didn't, you know. Not that there would be anything wrong with it, but it, that it didn't take place in Tokyo or someplace like that or Hong Kong. Yeah. It did take place in Iran, and it did look like – you know, I, I don't know. There's not a lot 
to read about the movie. But um, it looks pretty authentic. Like that's probably where it – and I imagine that this was during the time of the Shaw. So, I mean, you know, uh, we were a lot more welcome over there then considering he was our puppet and we paid him to stay in power mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. murder and torture his own people. Um, let's see. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Boa. I love the fact that Boa uh, obviously loved his parrot, Julie, more than he (laughs) – he he cared about the parrot more than the the women because like he would like haul off and – I can't remember if he slapped the girl or what, but he's like, don't smoke in front of Julie. (laughs) <laughs> just like you know, he the backhanded parrot. the shit out of her. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <was> god. <laughs> By the way, I started following the Iron Sheik on Twitter. Oh his, my god. His fucking uh his um profile description, greatest Iranian entertainer of all time. I fuck oh, your ass and make you humble. <laughs> <laughs> and he will. Be Brian Blair. Anyway, <laughs> I can't imagine that he knows how to fucking type. Hulk Hogan has. He knows how to smoke some fucking hash, though, I'll tell you that. Hulk Hogan has smaller raisin balls than the Ultimate Warrior. Hulkamania Ooh. should be raisin balls mania for the Hulk piece of shit Hogan. <laughs> I love his fucking tweets, man. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with Hulkamania you? Sh- Hulkamania should have been the piece of garbage mania if not for the greatest champion of the WWF WWE. <laughs> Was that the, was that a chic impersonation? Yeah, that was terrible. Anyway, you go to Paris, France, and um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, that, there's a, uh, a a torturer or an enhanced interrogator in this. Uh-huh. That um, he's kind of a, a big burly hairbag of a of an Iranian guy, and uh, there's this one part where you know since I'm on this diet, and he goes and gets like while at, he he kind of gets tired, I guess, of beating Golgo, who's hanging <laughs> from the ceiling with what, so he goes, what appears to be just a silk rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just this, yeah. It's like the fake rope that the the uh, dominatrix hits you with, so you don't really like, get hurt. What? <laughs> so it anyway, a, so it doesn't leave a mark. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, he goes around the corner. He takes a break and he goes around the corner and he gets like a coke, a, a, a glass bottle of ice cold coke, and he gets a big fucking salami, like a big stick of salami. It just <laughs> takes a big bite out of it, and my mouth fucking is water. And just thinking about that, oh man, that fucking be good to have some of that right now. Um, let's see. There was one scene where Golgo kicks this guy, and I think it was in the uh, in the torture thing. Maybe it was might have been somewhere else. But they they were they were like stone walls all over the place, and he kicks this guy, and the guy goes like <laughs> through the stone wall, which obviously you could tell it was like wood. And it was broke, uh, pre-broken too. Yeah, because there was like, I mean, that's fucking supposed to be stone, you know? It's been standing there for probably thousands of years, or if you're a, a, a Christian, 400 years. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. The, that was, it was the same guy. It was the big whipper guy. Uh... <laughs> I wrote a note, but I can't say it because it'll give something really funny away. Uh, there was one scene that I thought was kind of cool that uh, where um, uh, Golgo has like this uh, black shroud on, and and he almost looked like the angel of death. I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of kind of yeah. neat. But I agree with you. I I, th- I, I think that uh, Takakura. <sighs> It, he, just the the way he played it, it was so 
uh, the, 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 the charisma, it just wasn't like, I mean, to me, it just like, and he is a charismatic guy yeah. because I mean, I've seen him in other movies like, cause yeah, I thought, you know, black rain and, you know, and, 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 and then the Yakuza, uh, the guy is, is good, but he just didn't have the, because I mean, c- comparing and contrasting, which we'll talk about the other movie here in a minute, so I don't want to go too far into it. But I just think that it was almost like they could have just had a cardboard cutout of mm-hmm. Ken Takakura. Um, but I didn't have it that any more notes than that. Other than there was like a there was kind of like a land or a, a car chase or not a car chase thing, but a car going through like a landmine or a oh, minefield. That, that was pretty cool too, and that was kind of kind of kind of cool. Um, but other than that, you know, uh, it's, that's about all I have. All right. Well, we can go ahead and uh, we can go ahead and rate it. Um, this is uh, it's it's weird to me that there haven't been more movies made. Well, I guess before I watched these, it was weird to me. After I saw it, might it, it must just be hard to get to capture this character in an interesting way on film, and mm-hmm. I think that might be what they struggled with in this. Um, because, like I said, in short bursts, this character's badass, but mm-hmm. in an hour and a half it can it can feel like it drags because of his just stone face all the time mm-hmm. um, This wasn't a bad movie, and I loved certain parts of it um but other parts were kind of like i said, would would drag so yeah. um I give this a six out of ten um I'd recommend it i guess i guess especially for fans of the anime, just to kind of compare and contrast, but it's solid but not. Just a, just a little above average overall. Yeah, I totally agree. Same rating and everything. Same reasons. Uh, I thought I c- I couldn't wait to see it just because, and I think that had more to do with um, that it was kind of elusive and nobody had it. And then once I finally got to see it, I thought it was good, but I just um, it wasn't great. And it 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 uh, like I said, I think that uh, once we talk about the the next one. Then we can kind of can compare them without giving too much away yeah, for yeah. the next review because I have more to say about comparing the two. Okay. But uh, I give it a six. Okay. Well, better than average, but just you know, <laughs> I wanted in- it to be like a fucking an eight. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to be a ten. <laughs> I want every eleven. <laughs> All right, a six and a six. Uh, that's a review of Golgo thirteen. We're going to come back and review Golgo 13 Assignment Kowloon with Sonny Chiba. We'll be right back. While the global media is focusing on the aftermath of the global financial crisis, debating on whether global warming is scientifically sound or merely a political stunt, or reporting on citizens around the world toppling cruel dictatorships, I want to know why they're not focusing on the big issues. Is chess a better label than Sun? Did Richard Thompson or Britney Spears do a better version of Whoops, I Did It Again? Is Lou Reed or Van Morrison a grumpier old man? Do you think you two are a crap band? Do these issues matter in your life? They matter in mine. That's why I host Love That Album, a podcast based around music minutia. Join me, Morris Brzezinski, as every fortnight, myself and a guest host will dissect a favourite album right down to its bare bones and discuss some of the latest music news. You can find the podcast either on the blog site 
lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or at lovethatalbum.podbean, that's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com or just type in Love That Album, or one word, into iTunes. If your heart pumps to the beat of a Keith Moon drum fill, then I'd recommend you see a cardiologist. Failing that, you probably care about music passionately, in which case, join me for Love That Album. And you won't even have to drive your car into a swimming pool. Assassination Shocks a nation When such a brutal crime Is killing Christmas time They kept a hero Under mistletoe And built a bill aside and left behind And no one wants to see it Cause no one can believe it A traffic cop read some strangers free Assassination on Christmas <laughs> Whoa, we're back God, that scared the shit out of me <laughs> Sorry about that All right <laughs> Wow! I was sitting here just kind of staring at the window, listening to that song, and (laughs) that was like the cleaning lights coming on during the artist. (laughs) I wish there was a cleaner in this motherfucker. It's dusty. Dusty Dusty road, baby. (laughs) Dusty. Dusty. All right, we're back for to do another Golgo Thirteen movie. What? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I need a nap again. Uh, from 1977, Gogol 13 Assignment Kowloon, directed by Yukio Noda, written by Nobuka, well, so Nobua, Kai, Nobuki Nakajima, starring Sonny Chiba, and again, more people that I don't recognize at all. Um, this one has a uh, better synopsis, I guess, than the last one. Blood for money. What does that even mean? Why? Sonny Chiba is Golgo 13, a cold, calculating, ruthless assassin working for the U.S. drug syndicate. What? Is that true? His assignment, take out Hong Kong's underworld kingpin. Also not true. His only obstacle, a relentless cop determined to stop him no matter what the cost. The result is an explosive adventure through the seamy, violent streets of Hong Kong. See me? Is that a word? Anonymous, you suck. What? See me? Is that a is that a word for real? See me? I know. See me valley. Anyway, so yeah, Sonny Chiba. I'll let you take the lead here, Doctor Zom. Okay. 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 Um. First off, uh. This movie I found to be mm, a lot more entertaining Mm -hmm. than uh, the other one as far as just a straight-up action movie. Um, It has a lot more martial arts in it. 
a lot, yes. uh, which is good because um, Sonny Chiba is a bad motherfucker. He's only the baddest motherfucker in martial arts cinema today. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, I would pay such such good money to see fucking Chiba just whip uh, Chuck Norris's ass. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would pay to see. Um, like fucking Bruiser Brody just kicked Chuck Norris in the chest so hard that it breaks out every one of his ribs. And then he fucking just <laughs> takes his hands and pulls his whole chest cavity open and feasts on his innards. I hate that fucking douche. I, I totally forgot to mention I'm, I started reading the uh, Stan Hansen book you gave me. Well, goddamn, you better. And I got, I got to where he met Brody. When he they were in college, and he said he walked in, and Brody was like sleeping in the middle of the day in this fucking like trashed half of the dorm room, and <laughs> this is a new recruit. <laughs> so anyway, um, I watched this movie, and I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, how the hell could they not have made this character with Sonny Chiba playing? the role of Duke Togo into a James Bond like franchise. That's how much I like this movie, <laughs> um, which tell, I mean, like I said about comparing it to the other one, um, this one, I mean, even though he, and I'm not saying that he was like, you know, he's like the greatest actor in the world or anything like that. He just has this charisma and, and but not only that, it's almost funny. Yeah. In some ways, because he's he is so I don't even think he blinks, and he has this just a stone faced fucking look, this intense stare, and it would be like Jesus Christ. I mean, could if he's trying to be inconspicuous? Okay, if if you were standing in the mall with a fucking thousand people, and they all walked by you. And this motherfucker walked by you with this scary Charles Manson-like <laughs> eyes just staring. You know, <laughs> You'd be like, Jesus Christ, I mean, he'd just stand out because of that. Ugh, almost. Ugh, there we go. Anyway. <laughs> now, it, it did remind me in some ways of, of like uh, uh, James Bond movies because you know, the, in the um, mid-60s to the early 70s, like a lot of the spy or um, – you know, movies like this, action movies, um, they would run the gamut of like uh, having scuba diving or, um, you know, hang gliding or parachuting and shit like that. And he, he does some scuba a couple of different times in this. Now, I, I was kind of um, – I couldn't decide in this movie if Sonny Chiba ha- actually had a perm. His hair looks kind of – I don't know. It, it, it's short, it just, but like still had like rows of waves. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I think it might have been permed a little bit. But man, he had some big ass cool sideburns, <laughs> which I thought were pretty cool. And, uh, he, uh, he definitely had makeup in his eyebrows. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He looked like he had two caterpillars over his eyes, which is great. Um, <laughs> now, Golgo thirteen. Um, he is not only a great sniper. From like long distance, like a thousand yards away or whatever, and he always uses an armor light M sixteen. Uh, um, that's his thing throughout the you know that's his weapon of choice. And apparently, the the people that know like the cops 
or people that know of him. They don't know him. They don't know what he looks like. They don't know if he is Japanese or anything, but they just know his legend is that he's this, you know, this fantastic legendary sniper who uses this M16. Um, and I think at the time, you know, it's like when we talk about Uzis in the eighties, you know, the M16, when it first came out, I remember, you know, I got like a, a toy M16 for Christmas and everything before they started making them all like bright orange. So right, the cops right. wouldn't shoot little kids. Uh, mine was pretty cool. Um, probably the best gift I ever got except for maybe GI Joes. Um, Anyway, and those were the big GI Joes. I'm an old man. I still have some uh, of those. I like the, the, the these. I remember they were like uh, I don't know, like 12 inches tall, and they were like three bucks a piece, which was big money back then when you didn't have it when you were just a little kid. You didn't have any money. Yeah. Your mom and dad are like, "Oh, fucking ain't spend that money for that goddamn GI Joe. Go out and play with a the stick." Then by the time I was, I was. Uh of age to get toys, they had the little GI Joes, and those motherfuckers yeah. were like in the eighty, early eighties, mid eighties. Those things were five bucks for the yeah. small thing. That was I, oh. I could never rationalize that because I was like, they they are so small, and they cost more than the big one. So anyway, I never got any of the little ones. And uh, my GI Joes were based in like real war, whereas the other ones are based on like uh, Cobra and yeah. the comic books. They have the comic books right now, so I don't know how we're getting off on that track. Anyway. Um, but he can he can not only just shoot the sniper rifle, but he's good with a you know pistol too. And I mean, when Golgo thirteen pulls the trigger, it's like one shot, one kill, and <laughs> yeah. it's usually either in the eyeball or right between the eyes. Between the eyebrows, as I think is what they say a few times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he fucking nails them. Now, there's a female cop in this named Lynn Lee at the at the beginning, and um, she kind of has like uh, the Brady Bunch mom. She kind of has that uh, that uh, shag kind of flip yep. haircut. Yep. But I thought she was pretty good looking. There were a couple times where I was like, I don't know. But then I'd see her. I was like, oh, she's pretty good looking. There was, there was uh, good looking chicks in both these movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the, and, in the previous one. I get, we didn't really talk about it much. But like I said, his assistant ended up getting pretty hot. But like some of the women they kidnapped that were hiding out there were pretty hot mm-hmm. too. But now in this one, you get some nudity. And the mm-hmm. one chick that is like the um, – um, She's a bat. She's like a, a an assassin, yeah. Too, but man, she they show her naked, and she's got the tan line. And man, does she have a hot body? Boy, she got a she had a nice arse. Uh, she was hot. She was fucking <laughs> smoking hot. Um, let's see. Um, and and she was like a, she was the knife throwing chick, uh, which was you know that was her gimmick in like the bars and stuff. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, she'd throw the knife and just. You know, catch a little bit of your shirt and pin it against the wall, but not cut you and stuff like that. Uh, Mr. Chow is the uh, first object of Golgo's uh, trade. He's the guy that's, uh, he's the bad, uh, I wrote bad guy dick. Um, and then you had um, Detective, I, it's like Simony, but in on the uh, IMDb, they, they, you know, just called him uh, uh, Detective Smith. Well, so, Oh, I, okay. I could talk about this real quick. The the DVD I have of this, I have bought the, the Sonny Chiba collection. If you go on the IMDb for this movie, you can see the cover of this collection. Right. It's shittier for some reason than I thought it would be. Um, the the, the it's, it's a combination Chinese and English subtitles burned in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least it's widescreen. But an example of a subtitle that I wrote down was "Gog, damn it." 
They said God they, damn. They, could, they couldn't even spell a three-letter word right. <laughs> um, God damn. But yeah, the uh, they called him Smithy in the uh, in the subtitles of this one. So, well, um, he uh, Golgo thirteen. Uh, he's he's kind of a fashion plate. I mean, he dresses really nice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> minus the barbershop quartet suit that he's wearing at one point. Yeah, the one scene uh, he he has yeah, it's like a uh, he has a suit on that looks like a uh, is a zebra. Or a zebra, uh, <laughs> not a zebra pattern, but it's just like black and white stripes, big thick stripes too, not pinstripes. Um, he rocks a pair of aviators, uh, a la GGTMC, uh, which are f- very huge. Um, I, I I'm wondering if, like you know, when they, I, I think they did say, you know, in, in the uh, in the comics that you know he didn't shake hands because he didn't want anybody to touch his gun hand. But I was just wondering if maybe if, if that wasn't just a ruse and Golgo thirteen wasn't like a germaphobe, like, <laughs> like when he goes and washes, wipes his ass and shit like that. He probably he probably washes his hands and then stands there and waits for somebody to open the bathroom door so he can leave. Uh, <laughs> that's probably like, it. Oh, dude, that's why, and that's why when the chicks come on to him and stuff he's probably like jesus christ <laughs> i'm not touching that dirty puss uh, <laughs> now in both movies he has uh he, he goes and stays at a hotel and like i said in the first one uh he, he just signs a you know as duke togo uh, not dick togo um but uh he has uh wood crates um like um which I thought was kind of funny because it would just be just as easy to have like somebody like put this. Cause I mean, when he gets the M 16 and the ammo and stuff, it's all broken down to where it would fit in like a, a, a small suitcase. And yet, yet he has these like fucking crates, these wooden crates that you have to use like a goddamn pry bar to fucking open up <laughs> full of, full of stuffing and all that shit. Uh, let's see. Uh, he always looks pissed, constipated, and there was one part. <laughs> he's he's like a he's like a fucking snake or like a viper, where he's always ready to ready to strike. And I think like a little kid comes up to him, he like whips around like he's gonna kill him, like <laughs> you know, like we, you know, he's fucking ready to just fucking hit him with a death blow, um, which was kind of cool. in on the in the one scene where he's on the airplane, the little kid comes up to him. You know, you're like, oh, at least he's not an asshole, but he had ulterior motives for not for not. Uh, for not being an asshole to the kid. At first, I just thought they were just showing that he actually had like a sensitive side. Um, he runs into a, um, or just ha- in ha- happenstance, he uh, he he sees a uh, like a, a killing, and it it ends up. Um, course you know they can't have a woman in in any of these movies that, that he doesn't fuck i mean <laughs> no matter who it is it's like if they if they come in contact with him and like actually speak to him you know they'll offer themselves to to uh to golgo 13 right you know and i think they think 13 stands for 13 inches um it, there's one scene where he's walking with this girl um because he kind of protects her, uh, even though she he sees her, you know, commit an act of violence. He he kind of knows what's going on, and uh, and you know the cops come and and he covers for her. Uh, but there's there's one part where they're wa- he's walking like walking her home, and they're walking along the waterway, and a bunch of the guy that was messing with her, a bunch of his friends show up, and I'm telling you what now. 
I have um, Street Fighter and Street like the first three, but yeah. I haven't watched them. All I know of Street Fighter is my my friend Jim saw this when we were in college, and he was talking about like the brutal violence, and then from True Romance, Christian Slater talking about Street Fighter. But man, I'm telling you what, Sonny Chiba, <laughs> they can say whatever they want about Bruce Lee, but he didn't have Bruce Lee didn't have the gore and the yeah. <laughs> like. He stuck his finger in this guy's mouth. He must have had like the kabuki fingers that are like you know, <laughs> we freaking punch through a board because he just sticks his index finger like he's punching as hard as he can into this guy's mouth and pulls it out. And it's just covered in blood, and the guy just fucking like ah, like choking. Um, Amazing. I, I, I love. I think. I think. Like you got you got a lot of flashy martial artists in cinema. Yeah. He was never flashy. I like Sonny Chiba has got to be top five like martial arts actors for me because him and like Seagal is another one. Like they they didn't have a lot of flash with their martial arts, but when they did it, it fucking looked painful. It was violent. Yeah, like real violence. Whereas like whether you know Bruce Lee, when you just see the guys just come flying at people, yeah. But but and they just kind of like swat them away like flies. But you don't really see you know they're laying there. They might be going uh. But in this one, like they kick the knees and they uh, you know backwards or whatever and kick them in the balls and shit like that. Uh, uh, that fucking there's one part where he fucking stabs this guy in the foot with a knife, <laughs> and that was bad enough. But then the guy pulls away, which just rips the knife all the way through his foot as he's trying to get away. So you get to see stuff like that. And I was like, man, that is fucking awesome. I loved in that scene when he uh, – there's a du- the, one of the dudes is like, fuck this, and starts go- like escaping. He climbs up a ladder, and Chiba <laughs> kicks him in like the ass, basically knocks him off the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> and you get a glimpse really quick. They, they, they don't really show the guy's head, but you get a glimpse of him doing his – famous chop if you've seen any of his other films you'd you'd, yeah. rec- you'd recognize his the chop where his fingers are kind of curled up and it's like on top of the guy's head and you can tell us what he did but i love that scene when he kicked the dude in the ass um let's see lynn lee um i thought she would be one that would like hang around a little bit longer there she did hang around uh, <laughs> in more ways than one as they fucking tortured her gave her enhanced interrogation uh which was i mean it was pretty brutal i mean seeing i mean in this kind of movie you're not thinking you know like it, it, it's a it's a movie it's an action movie or whatever but i mean here's this woman hanging there by her wrists, you know, off the floor, and they're just like punching her and using her like a punching bag and burning cigars on her and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. <laughs> let's see. Uh, that's one fucking part. The guy goes. He, they show up that the guys that you know when he stuck his finger in a guy's mouth and the knife in the foot and all that shit and beat up all those guys. Well, the one of the henchmen that escaped goes back to. Um, the bad guys, and he says, "Holy cow, this guy showed up, and he basically kicked all our asses, and everything." And he says, "And and so and so was shot in the forehead." And the guy responds, "Was he killed?" <laughs> it's like no, he he shot him in the fucking forehead. It bounced you know? off. Yes, he was killed. Um, now there was one scene where, um, like, a whole bunch of cops show up to rescue Lynn Lee, who when they were torturing her and stuff. And they're at like this old warehouse, and I guess. It, it looked like big piles of like rubber, almost like netting, right? 
or something. This is great big, huge piles. Um, and this one scene, uh, they're using it for cover while the guys are in the building shooting at him. Now, also in both of these movies, okay, one thing that was very unrealistic is they're almost without question, all the handguns are like snub nose 38 revolvers, which, you know, in the six, 60s, 70s, stuff like cops or detectives and stuff always carried the you know the the, the saturday night special or the yeah. snub nose 38 and they're fucking shooting like 50 <laughs> yards away at each other and hitting each other i'm like man that thing's got like a, a fucking two inch barrel on it so but this one cop the, the the cops are all hiding behind this these great big giant piles of this rubber shit well though this is just something that i just happened to catch but um when um Detective Smith or whatever his name was, he's there with just a couple other guys. Well, then all the other cops show up. And this one cop runs and like he's running and going to like um, jump kind of like into or behind this big pile of rubber. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, it looked like he thought it was just going to be this big pile of soft rubber. And it looked like there was almost like a giant fucking concrete boulder underneath (laughs) it. He hit that shit and just fucking – it was like – and just like bounced off, like I mean, I he ran into see a that. brick wall. That was uh, that stuff. I wonder what that was when I first when they first came up. I was like, I thought it was some kind of packing material or something. Uh, and I gotta say, the Lynn Lee when she's when you you get introduced to those piles uh, initially, yeah, she does the worst trailing job in the history of cinema. Yeah, I think. Yeah. she fucking she follows one car length behind Chow. <laughs> the whole time and she parks in the goddamn front yard of this building how does she ex- what does she expect like to get shot at or what i mean she didn't even yeah, try to hide was, at all but well, she they, was a woman that's true they, Female they, cop, you know. they say later uh, a kid mentions and i don't know if it was in your uh version of it but a kid mentioned on the subtitles at least that it was a plastic shoe factory that they were hiding out in uh-huh. and that those were those when i looked at it again they were sheets of foam or something that they'd cut like you could so tell like the shape of the yeah the shape of a shoe was out was cut out of it multiple times so i had no idea what that shit was i was like what the, what the fuck is that shit uh i thought it looked like almost like netting or something that, yeah yeah uh, yeah or but um let's see um well, like I said, the bad girl, there was just that one scene where she was – there was a couple of scenes where she was completely naked, talking on the phone or you know, laying around on the bed. And yeah. They just show her butt. And like I said, she was, she was uh, ooh, nice and tan but had that l- little bikini tan line on the boobies and on the butt, and it was nice. Now, okay, now is the part where my notes uh, – I decided because I was starting to fall asleep this morning that I was going to lay on the bed and watch this with my iPod. <laughs> In the dark. So my notes, I'm like writing in the dark. Uh, okay, that says, does Golgo have a perm? <laughs> and then the zebra suit. Um, okay, there was one scene where Golgo has a camcorder. God, that thing was about, amazing. Jesus Christ, that thing was big. It was bigger than a fucking shoebox. It was, it was huge, <laughs> and it was thick. And but, plugged in. It didn't yeah, have it a battery. Did, well, uh, I would want I, but see what I'm thinking. I was wondering on that is, is if like on some of the old camcorders, once they started evolving, you had the VHS tape that went into the camera. I'm thinking that this, the camera, the big thing he was holding was just the camera. The cable went down to a unit where the oh. tape. Was. So I mean that's an old motherfucker right there. Uh, but anyway, it was big. 
and uh, he was um, <laughs> he tried to be subtle, like he's shooting something else, but he just he just like does like a, a three sixty in about two seconds. It comes right around, and he's taping these guys, just shining it right on them. So then he goes to a lip reader, and this was the tranniest looking lip reader. Not even a tranny. It just looked like a dude dressed like a woman. Did you think that was a man? I don't know. I think it was a man. And I don't know if there was a reason like he was supposed to be like trying to be in disguise, but it looked just like a man in an old and not dressed like a, a hot woman, but dressed like an old woman. Um you got to see some like the other one where they went to Ihran. Uh you got to see some some pretty cool uh places like they showed uh Kyoto and uh Macau, mm-hmm. Hong Kong and uh you know Tokyo. And then, uh, um but I thought that was kind of cool just seeing, you know, especially back then it's like a time capsule even though I've never been there, but I mean, you know, I'm sure it's all of that's probably built up a lot more. Um I thought that said clam chowder, but it says camp quarter. <laughs> now the the one bad guy uh, uh, he starts out he's been hired to kill this bad guy um and um it's not boa what did i say the fucker's name was in this i don't even remember that was the, okay what i wish i wish that they pulled out like the highlights of both of these and made a yeah. a, a, a fun movie from out of both because there's awesome parts of both but then there's like parts that kind of need work too Ma- so. mr chow Okay, so Mr. Chow, he's hired to kill Mr. Chow, and then before he can do the deed, he's kind of not double-crossed in a way like they're trying to kill Golgo, but um, you know somebody pulls the rug out from under him. So then he is hired by the same people that hired him to kill Mr. Chow to find the guy, respons- the, the guy responsible for fucking him over. Yeah. And you know they're like, "Hey, we'll give you this money." Well, Golgo, from what I remember about the the book, is he, you know, he. If I remember correctly, I think he would like just take contracts. It wasn't like it was. um, He was an assassin. He didn't give a fuck who it was. If the money was right, he would do it. It wasn't a question of like, okay, this is a bad guy, and this, or I'm not going to kill this guy because this is a good guy. You know, he would just. You know, that, it's just a job. Right. Um, now, the next guy that he is going after, and I thought this was funny, his, his last name was Polanski. So I was wondering if it was just like the uh, the guy, the, the, the father of the girl that Roman Polanski uh, fucked up the ass in the hot tub when he drugged her. Uh, and so he was trying to get back at, you know, Roman Polanski. I don't know. But I, the, his name was Polanski. So I have a feeling that. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that they had to have gotten it. But, but then again, the guy's name, well, it says Polanski. Uh, the, and, of course, you have a mixture of uh, it's this, you know, uh, not just Asian actors in this, but, you know, mm-hmm. like in the other one, you had the Iranian hair bag guys. And, and this one, you have, <laughs> you know, some several different uh, people. Um I always like it. I always think it's cool when they show like um, Hong Kong or Tokyo, uh, like especially at night with all the lights and everything. That's like Enter the Void. You got all that. It looks yeah. re- it looks really cool. It's very you know cinematic. Um, there is one scene where uh, Sonny Chiba actually delivers the bionic elbow to a guy's throat. 
Oh, was it was it the dude hanging upside down? Yes. Oh and my god, that was awesome. His head back and fucking it, it was a la Death the Road, baby, or Johnny Valentine with the atomic skull crusher. He fucking gives this guy the bonic elbow to the throat and crushes his throat. He fucking does. Which a, was he does like a fireman's awesome. carry flip over, and yes. instead of like throwing the dude to the ground, he throws him onto a, like this metal wall where the dude starts hanging upside down. Then he fucking elbows the shit out of the guy's neck while he's hanging he, there. He awesome. hung him from the tree of woe. A lot Kevin Sullivan. Yes, I almost creamed my shorts. <laughs> I did. And it didn't taste like blueberry, not yet. Anyway, there was a there was a guy that shows up that's a that's a like a bad guy kind of. I don't know if he. I can't remember if he was like because I was groggy. I can't remember if he was a. I can't a remember sax. either, and I was wide awake. But this guy's he looked like Niedermeyer from a fucking Animal House. Uh, he's a real ugly white dude, and he's like, "Hey, well, I'm kind of you know you don't have a gun now. Hey, he's got a pistol, and Olga <laughs> doesn't have his gun." Um, and um, so he comes up with this, I would say, ingenious way to <laughs> to take this guy out. But it was pretty – I don't know. I just – I thought it was kind of yeah, – not real practical. Well, my, my notes for this. I said, <laughs> when he flips a dude over his shoulder to hang him horizontally, then elbows him, leaving him to slide down the wall, I almost creep my shorts. Then he has to go and ruin it with the limpest wrist spear throw yeah. in cinema history. I said he needed the javelin technology from Revenge of the Nerds with that throw. And, and you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I think unless unless you have an arm that can throw something like with hurricane-like force, a blunt piece of pipe, <laughs> you know, it's not going to, you know, it, it might hit you and hurt your chest or you know, it might even break your goddamn breastbone but i mean you know it's gonna be hard to penetrate when it's just blunt um there's one part where they i can't remember what the hell they were saying but they they said they were talking that somebody somebody the guy's name was schlitz and they said (laughs) schlitz did it and all of course all i could think of was the fucking beer but um now smith the detective. Those are my, those are my notes, but I mean they were pretty shitty because I, I was half asleep and trying to write in the dark. But basically, Smith has dealt with Golgo very briefly yeah. in the past. So when he hears, you know, Golgo thirteen, you know, could be here or whatever, then he is like almost I would say sort of obsessed big, uh, with with catching him. So. You have that story going along with Golgo going after these guys that he's hired to kill and you know him getting kind of uh, uh, you know, fucked over or whatever. But you also have the whole time where uh, Smith is like the, uh, the secondary story where he's pursuing Golgo the whole time. And he actually catches him, you know, and <laughs> it's funny because I always think it's funny when, uh, when uh, you know, the cops, what, what they're um, – their big thing was back in the old days in the old movies was to shine a bright light in your face. Right. And so they just shine a bright light, which I mean, I know they, they give you like sort of tell you what's going on, but they don't have the time to show it because, you know, they kept him like for, I don't know, like a whole 24 hours and wouldn't let him sleep, shine the light in his face and everything. But by the, he's like, you know, you're going to talk and they have this light shining right in his fucking face. You're going to talk. And he's just sitting there. But by the end, they're like, okay, go, go. 
you you've you've lasted you know 24 hours both cops are half dead they're like sitting there like falling asleep like i was watching the fucking movie this morning uh, and and he's just sitting there he's, he has a blink <laughs> he's staring straight ahead like and and just with the correct perfect posture and everything so he outlasted those fucking pigs man um but anyway um this this movie it's a different I think it's a different kind of movie. I think the other one was played more for like more realism, mm-hmm. but this is more of uh, to me more like a martial arts, like I said, kind of a James Bond man from Uncle kind of a movie. But it was for me, it was ten times more entertaining and more fun to yeah. watch than the other one. I'm there with you. I don't actually don't have a lot of notes to add. Um, and I would have liked to have said, I've said, I said it before. I, I don't know what you know. Maybe I don't know what happened. Why they didn't make more of them? Because I mean, they made how many Street Fighters? You know, Sonny Chiba was in what, like three of them. Yeah. But I, I, man, I would have loved to have seen him make more of these movies with that same character. You know. Yeah. I mean, it was it was cemented early in this one that I like I was going to like Chiba better as Togo than. Um, than Takakura, just the 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 scene on the boat already, that nasty look of his out of his uh, on his face as he's scoping out these guys that are looking at him from a hotel that are on the shore. That was just pretty, really fucking cool. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck's that? <laughs> no, 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 they're with me. They're with me. <laughs> and he doesn't give a fuck. I, he was a fucking honey badger, man. <laughs> he does not give a fuck. Um, and there's some awesome fashion in this one. Uh, Takakura kind of stuck with maybe like two different outfits, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chiba was he was dressed in, he had a, quite a few different looks um, well, we already mentioned the uh, barbershop quartet suit that he wore the Talk fucking about a time capsule yeah the wide uh, pinstripes but um, we had an all white suit on with white shoes too yeah, when he yeah. beat those guys asses and then but I, I did say I wish I was cool enough to wear a Cuban style short sleeve polyester shirt buttoned over only over my navel he, yeah. He's running at one point. He's got one button buttoned on this shirt. And I was like, I could not pull it With off. his pistol tucked in his waistband. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and it, it's good evidence in this too. And they did it in both how Golgo ultimately is just worried with his own shit and not really anybody else. Like, um, you know, he kinda, he lets the cops roll in and take the fire and he just does what he needs to do to get his job done. That's it. Um. But I don't know. It's uh, it's it's a lot more entertaining. It's a little sleazier, I guess, than the previous one. Not that either one's all that sleazy, but um, but it, it helped it, I think. And it was a little more of a departure, I think, from the actual from the way the character was created, which helped it. So uh, I think I get like uh, um, uh, didn't mean to cut you off, but I I just when I was thinking about it, this movie plus like watching uh, like Shaw Brothers, uh, you know, kung fu movies. I, it really, for me, gives me a nostalgic feel because I used to like, you know, sit in our basement on laying on the floor watching kung fu theater mm-hmm. and seeing movies that like that. When I see that, you know, just karate, and I used to love, you know, karate, martial arts, kung fu movies yep. from from this era, and I would just eat them up when I was a kid, and and I mean. Maybe that's one of the reasons, you know, the 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 appeal of this movie for me because I was just it just really it does take me back. It makes you know just like wow. I mean, this is so cool. Where a lot of things, like um, 
old TV shows that I like, like Six Million Dollar Man or something like that. You might watch them now, and you're like, oh, they're hokey. They don't they don't hold up anymore. I mean, these movies still they're they're just fucking fun to watch. And I would rather watch. I've said this before, probably on some of our other shows. What number show is this? Twenty three. Oh, I didn't even say. Uh, I don't remember. Twenty. I don't know. Twenty three or twenty four. But but um um twenty three watch it. I mean, they, they they actually had martial artists and or you know some acrobats and stuff like that making these movies actually doing the stuff, yeah. actually doing the kicks, actually doing all the stuff that they were doing. Uh, nowadays, where you can just take, I mean, they could take Michael Fassbender tomorrow and put him in a superhero movie, and he could be doing karate, yeah. you know. And uh, but now the people in these movies might not have been as good of actors as Michael Fassbender. It's like Chuck Norris. I don't think Chuck Norris is a good actor, no. but I liked watching his fight scenes because he was doing it, and you had that sacrifice. Uh, but as long as they did it in a way where. Like with Golgo thirteen, uh, he was he's enigmatic. He's he's quite he's a man of few words. So in some ways, the acting doesn't. It's not. I, w- I don't know if I want to say it's not as important, but it doesn't stand out that say he's a horrible actor. I don't know if he is or not, but um, because of the way that they do, they play to his strengths. His strengths are action. And this and that, instead of having him get on there and reading page after page of dialogue. Hmm. You don't know. Yeah. Fuck oh, that shit. We, we can get into our scores and stuff. I mean, you're almost... Okay. I'll let you, I mean, you can go first. Well, uh... If I gave the other one a six, I would definitely give this one... I had a, I just had a lot of fun with it. Um... Seven point five, and again, where I'm right, there, I'm right there with you. Oh uh, goddamn, <laughs> This is also a, a seven point five out of ten. This is this one's a lot. Uh, this one was more fun than the other one. Um, I wish some of the car chase stuff from the other one got in this one. And I, mm-hmm. I, what this one was missing, what like I, that I liked in the older other one, were the the boss fights that I said. Yeah, it needed more like eccentric villains. I think because honestly, I got a little lost of what even the villains were. Who, yeah. who who they were even in this one because Chow was a pretty fucking like milk toast villain. I mean, he was just a yeah. fat fat Chinese dude. You know, but there was nothing outstanding about him. Um, and then you know what happened after that? It's like I, I was a little confused about who was who anyway. So, mm. but um, this is still it's still fun. Um, the the DVD that I mentioned it's it's at least widescreen, so it looks okay. I mean, it's it's mm. not given been given any kind of treatment, but. It's worth picking up that collection just for you know to pick that up. So, and the, the subtitles are shitty. I, I, should, I probably should have watched just the English dub of it because it's on there too. But hmm. so yeah, uh, double seven point five for that one. That's funny. Let's uh, take a break again, and uh, we'll come back. And we got a, quite a bit of feedback this week. So we'll oh get on. god, oh fuck, we'll get on that. We'll be right back. Okay. Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, 
Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The Smooth Sound. Fabulous. 
in there to make some <laughs> awesome sound bites. I can't uh, who'd want to do that? Yet. That's so unoriginal. I think I might have to. <laughs> anyway, um, I just want to call, say, you know, miss you guys. Uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, getting together at some point in time. Uh, you know, hopefully seeing Zom again in March. That'll be great. Um, also, thank you, Alex Piccolo, for, uh, uh, you know, stepping in again to help us Never out with review when we couldn't get a show done. It's always mucho appreciated, amigo. Uh, is that Spanish? That publicly. And thanks to Justin, and uh, I think Zach was the other person who was in the lighting boat. So, thanks again, all good friends of the show. Now, the only other thing I got, I have a we boil on my wrist. A boil. Nice. Ooh. So, I don't know how I got there, and it swelled up. It's about the size of a dime. Yeah. And it had this white, huge head on it. Okay? Ooh. So... In my infinite wisdom, I thought I'll squeeze this and drain it. Nothing will, you know, it'll go away. But it's hideous. I have to wear long sleeve shirts at work right now because it's cold, thank God. But if it wasn't, it looks like, uh, you know, it looks like a, I don't know, it looks like a testicle hanging off the side of my wrist. Anyway, so I popped it this morning. And just for the silver and gold miners, uh, beware, don't look close when you're popping a boil or else you'll catch yourself swallowing the pussy core like I did this morning. Yuck. Yes, you heard me correctly. I accidentally swallowed the pussy core of a boil. And I'm very concerned I might die. But yeah. I call silver and gold. I'll let you guys know that I Thanks. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again. And remember, squeeze your boils at a distance. <laughs> the ones on my ass are so much easier to squeeze. All right, buddy. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's now, disgusting. I heard, and I, well, I didn't hear, I think I know that this is to be true. You are not supposed to squeeze a boil because if you do, a lot of, a lot of times they will not, they might bust on top, but they will bust underneath your skin and they will spread. So that's why when you have a boil, you go to the doctor and they take, they lance it. They take like a needle thing and they go like if – okay, now this is technical, so listen up. <laughs> okay, say it's like a bump, right, on yeah. your arm. Say yeah. it's on your arm. Okay, yeah, you get on your arm. as close to the arm as possible to the base of it and you run that through with like thread on it. And as you run it through, you pull it all the way through the other side and as you're pulling that thread through, it will pull all that shit out. But if you squeeze it, it can cause it to spread or and or get infected really bad. And so or shoot be, into your mouth. Yeah, don't shoot shit in your mouth. I guarantee that does not taste like blueberries. Probably tastes like fucking <laughs> pumpkin ice cream. Pumpkin ice cream. <laughs> well, he didn't say it tasted bad. That, that is true. He said it tasted like creamer in his coffee. All right. Next voicemail. What was that guy's name? I don't know. Never heard of him. Next voicemail. Hello and gold podcast. <clears throat> Culinary delights of my British palate. So I do love single kidney pie. And yes, there are real kidneys in it, um, which I have an absolute bastard of a time finding in Utah because people in Utah don't really seem to care for anything except for fast food and uh, <clears throat> uh, chain restaurants. So uh, I'll tell you a story. I was running around trying to find some kidneys for my, my, my steak kidney pie that I like to make. And I will make you all a steak kidney pie in San because it is quite very tasting, and you'll all enjoy it. And rub your tummies and pat your heads at the same time in a different circle. I'm so yum, yum, yum. <laughs> so they are very tasty. So, but yes, 
and I went around and I was looking for a cane, and um, and uh, I was at the supermarket, and I, I asked the when he came in and says, no, they don't, and um, they told me there was a butcher, a proper butcher, and I went to the proper butcher, and I will name and shame them. There was Snyder, Snyder is the butchers in Utah, and I went there and I says, can I have some kidney? And he, do you know what he told me? He says to me, he says, you have to come to the the conclusion that you're living in America now, son, and that we don't <laughs> eat the uh, waste products. So he didn't have any kidney. So that's unfortunate for me. But then I did find somebody who owns a, uh, a ranch, and now I get about fucking 300 kidneys. I oh, care. my God. I'll bet the number. And my freezer gets filled with... With kidneys, so I can make all the stick and kidney pie that I. I just imagine these fucking like kidneys just sitting in this like dirty plastic ziploc. Yeah, God, and he's just sitting there eating them raw. And while it sucks that that guy wouldn't give you, wouldn't didn't have any kidneys uh, for you, uh, I gotta say they are kind of waste products. I mean, piss filters right through there, so you know you don't eat well, the piss filters through a woman's pussy too, but you eat that. <laughs> You don't consume it though. Wait, you know uh, what? bullshit. Some people. I forgot the Brits Brit, on the British Isles. They do fucking eat uh, intestines too. Fucking haggis. Well, if you eat sausage, I mean, unless it's like a synthetic fucking skin around pepperoni or sausage or whatever. That's not. An, is that intestine too? Yeah, God the links it. are. That's yeah, disgusting. you're eating it. Don't be a fucking snob. <laughs> but yes. I... You toss I'm, I'm, a girl's salad, you'd fucking eat that. I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared to uh, try steak and kidney pie. Honestly, I'd eat anything. I don't give a fuck. Although I'm so I, hungry right now. I used to eat liver mush when I was a kid. I eat, I eat liver, 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 pudding. and it just fi- filters out all the impurities of the body. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's more to this. I'm sorry. Except the satanic stuff. Yum 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 yum. Yum 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 yum. Uh, mince mince pies are are fruit, so tasty tasty. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, happy days. Was that Paula uh, Dean? Yes, they are. Uh, Tastier than than, uh, than sticking your mouth in pussies. Thank you for that. Uh, what? <laughs> Hang on. It's more tastier than sticking I your mouth in pussies. And yes, they are uh, tastier than than, uh, than sticking your mouth in pussies. Thank you for that. Uh, so. Apparently so. There you go. I love pussy. All right, he called back again. And for breakfast, I very much like some black and white pudding, which black pudding is just uh, dried blood, and white pudding is fat and gristle, and you fry it up in the pan, and you eat it with uh, sausages and bacon and egg. And it's I'm going to fucking puke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Whoever looked at a pot, fucking like pot of fat, gristle, and blood, I'm like, hmm. No wonder people want to come to America really badly. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, we got a familiar voice here. Piccolo, hey. Doctor Som, you will never forget the name of Metal Mikey. <laughs> oh yeah. Didn't let him touch my gold dust fever lately, Daddios. But, well, it would at least make me feel better if I was suffering from gold dust fever instead of, like, whatever fucking minor stomach bug I got. I swear to you, I swear, the repercussions of the December controversy, (laughs) they do not fade from me physically. 
God, I'm almost afraid to figure out what's going to happen like two weeks from now instead. Am I going to have to like cough up an actual lung? Syphilis. Do I have to like shit out a huge chunk of my liver next? Oh, my God. But anyway, oh, if you did, Bryn would uh, eat it. Fates episode of <laughs> Silver and Gold today. Don't really have much to say about either movie. I mean, I've only seen snippets of Slaughterhouse Five throughout my years. I was only shown clips of it actually in high school, and strangely enough, that was one of the books I do remember a lot of my classmates having to read for assigned purposes, but I never got around to reading it myself as an assigned project. Go figure. And Groundhog Day, well, you know, really, what can I say about it that you haven't said? I mean, God, is Bill Murray being awesome. I could say things about Andy McDowell, but I've already, already refused myself any further controversy in my weakened physical state. So, <laughs> I'm just going to talk about other notes here. So, Silver and Gold, you know, you may rest assured that I do not support Victoria Jackson's point of view, and I would absolutely not have sex with her at all. She's just gross Was that ever in the all air? around. Uh, Owen Wilson <laughs> and the Life Aquatic was brought up in the episode, you know, in connection to uh, Bill Murray episode uh, episodes, movies. And, yeah, I think he's probably one of the weaker links. Although I do think, I think it was actually Loaf that mentioned that Willem Dafoe just kind of is there and is kind of random doing what he actually ends up doing in Life Aquatic. I kind of disagree. I think Willem Dafoe was probably one of these standouts for me when I first saw the movie, and I think that might still stick, but I haven't seen Life Aquatic in about maybe, oh, give or take seven years now. Then you don't know what the years. fuck you're talking about. Uh, Stupid motherfucker. Uh, oh, yes. When Zom actually gets a sex change, when he gets himself what? with the gift of changing genders, <laughs> silver and gold miners, I'm just saying, I got first dibs. Oh, That's all I'm going to add to that. The Loafkin's diet of walnuts and cheese, well, geez. Delicious. It's a wonder he keeps talking about being so fat all the time. I mean, God, that's just like a slim good body diet there. I mean, what are you talking about? And finally, the question was brought up, would I actually tap a 60-plus-year-old Pam Greer's arse, if you will? Oh, God, like, that's even a question. Come on. Seriously? Is he fucking responding to, about to shit Pam that we Greer. said? Or I don't know how old she's going to be. You know. know Pam Greer is going to be any of this nice, shit. <laughs> excellent score and evening in the bedroom. But you know, she's a lady. You know, you can't just roughhouse her. You can't just treat her badly. No, no, no. She is a classy dame. And you got to treat her with respect all the way. Oh, shit. And going <laughs> off the rails all the way is me. I'm just tired as fuck and still dealing with crappy stomach issues. Some will probably know all about those kind of fun things. But anyways, <laughs> Zom und Lof, another fine show. We'll take it easy. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye. Honest <laughs> to God, I had, uh, 90% of the shit he talked about is like, did we say that? I have no idea. <laughs> all right, next voicemail. Thanks, Mikey. Hey guys, it's the Cinemascus Justin Erbolzer of the Freaking Awesome Network calling in to answer Zom's question on whether or not Miley Cyrus is hot. And, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think she's mildly attractive. I wouldn't call her hot. I'd fuck her. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what you were trying to lean towards, but uh, yeah, I'd fuck her. But when I say hot, mm, I don't know. 
I mean, it's, like I said, kind of. I don't know, kind of, I guess. She's fuckable. There you go. That, that, I guess that's good enough. Uh, anyway, I also wanted to bring up, because uh, Zom brought it up that uh, on the Facebook page, or somebody did, that, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg, you know, kind of proved a somewhat of a dick. When he said, you know, <laughs> he could have stopped 9-11. But then he also said in the article, I think some people were overlooking this on that page, but majorly is that he doesn't masturbate. Now, I've always said people masturbate. It's plain and simple. People will tell you they don't masturbate, but they masturbate. Women more or less will tell you they don't, but that's they said they do. But it's the men. There are some men out there who are like, oh, I don't masturbate. I'm like, yeah, you do. And if you don't, I feel sorry for you. Because yeah, you're missing out. I'm not going to go into the whole semantics about it. But here's the thing. There are some, though, that don't masturbate, and I figured out who they are. They're probably the assholes like Mark Wahlberg. He's got all this pent-up aggression, and, you know, and just, you know, same as ready to blow, and they do it and say dumb shit like that. And uh, that, you know... Oh, and I do want to say also on that topic, uh, ever kind of encounter the person and kind of just starts having sex, like, oh, I don't need to masturbate. I can have sex now. I'm like, what the fuck? You still masturbate. All right? Don't, don't lie. I do. My favorite is when you can tell people are lying, like, oh, I used to watch porn, but now I'm married. So I don't need to watch porn. I got a woman. I'm like, kind of not why you watch porn. I mean, I can understand maybe some people who do get married and they don't watch porn because what doesn't like blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, that's not why you're watching porn. You're watching porn because it's fantasy. You're watching porn because it gets you off, but you can't have sex. Just because you're married doesn't mean you get sex anytime you want. Just Justin Kinsey. That's why you masturbate. See? <laughs> I don't believe people when they don't say they masturbate. And if they do truly not masturbate, I feel extremely sorry for them because they're probably going to end up like Mark Wahlberg, and that's a sad, sad thing. All right, guys, keep up the good work. Dunkerson. I don't masturbate. Boy, I do. And let me tell you something. Even when I was dating fucking hot chicks and fucking the shit out of them, I'd screw a chick, have fucking just for as long as I, whatever, and then if I left her apartment and went home, I'd go home and jack off thinking about how good it was that I, when I was fucking her. Uh, and sometimes I masturbate. I guess you could almost say I masturbate while I was fucking the girl because I would just be using her as a tool while I was thinking about oh. screwing some hot chick. Ouch. A lot. I like it a lot. One, I used to think about screwing her mom while I was screwing her. Nice. Was but I didn't think about screwing her while I was screwing her. Was, <laughs> <laughs> was her mom hot? She went bad. <laughs> I think it was just a, yeah, yeah, she was all right. <laughs> all right. It was just one now. of those things. <laughs> it's a guy thing. Everybody does that, don't they? Hey, Loaf and Zom. It is Rupert calling. Um, Roop. I want to apologize up front for um, <laughs> just now um, really getting hooked on the show. Um been a little crazed. The kids and the work and the things, the movies, always want the watching. Anyway, um, really dug the uh, Cinderella Liberty Last Detail episode. Uh, I'm a big fan of Last Detail. Cinderella Liberty, pretty good, pretty good, but I'm about where you guys are with that one. But a great double feature. Um, but yeah, Last Detail, all time. Cold chill. Top, top 50 for sure films for me. Um, you know, Hal Ashby firing, um, you know, on all cylinders, doing his best stuff. Um, but, yeah, really great discussion from you guys and, and really made me want to rewatch the movie again. And 
Um, a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff there. But um, oh, and I just wanted to add some. I'm yes. totally hooked on banning. I think I mentioned it on my Facebook. Uh, um, uh, thank you for that movie, and uh, I really loved you and Terry's discussion on Paleo Cinema of that one. Um, what was it he said? Banning with Robert Wagner. I need to see that. Okay. Going to be on my top discoveries in quotes of uh, 2012 list for sure. Just a really great, like hard, almost hard boiled, you know, golf soap opera noir, whatever the hell you want to call it. But um, I got a real kick out of that one. Just seeing Robert Wagner trying to be such a badass with every single line he delivered in that movie. Just, oh man. It was good. It was really good. Totally hooked me. So that's one. I really hope we see a DVD release of it um, because obviously the copy that's available is like AMC Pan and Scan. I think it's a scope movie. Um, I could be wrong about that, but great, great stuff. Um, anyway, um, keep up the good work, gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much for your show. And he, he called back again. Hey, love and Zom, it's Roop again. Um, just um, standing my way back through your, um, <laughs> all the stuff you guys have covered. Um, going to catch up on all these shows. But I saw you, it looks like you covered Demolition High. Yes. Which I'm excited to hear you talk about. Um, I was lucky enough to catch, I guess, what was the theatrical premiere of that. You know, oh, years and God. Years because um, <laughs> um, at the New Beverly Cinema, the L.A., um, one of the... Uh, rep houses we have here the um programmer did a jim winorski triple feature nice. um and it was like chopping mall demolition high and damn i can't remember the third film um <clears throat> but anyway uh so my wife and i went to see demolition high which was a video release but i guess there was 35 prints so but it never had been you know screened um officially theatrically i don't think before or i don't know how that worked but they were telling us that it was the, sort of the theatrical premiere um when Arthur did an intro and everything but man that movie was fun to watch with the crowd i gotta tell you there's some stuff in there that you know watching it by yourself i i don't know i would have i don't think i had nearly as good a time with it like there was one particular scene where they kept cutting back to a guy at I guess the power company that was like turning off the lights in high school, you know, those guys Uh, were taking over and something about that guy, um, you know, just that it was like a really tight shot of this dude. Basically it looked like he was in like a closet (laughs) next to like a circuit breaker box or something. We talked about that. It did not look like a power company. It just looked like some real cheapy shit. Um, uh, and just the fact that they called it Bernie, I think the guy's name was or something. And the dude at the power company, we just looked like he was in a regular office. We'd call Bernie to turn the power off, and, man, people just cracked their shit up. By the time they, they showed him for the third time, like, people were calling out his name and all this shit. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a total reference lost on anyone that hasn't seen Semlish High, but um, I definitely recommend it. It's a very silly film. Um, uh, anyway, uh, I'm to check that episode out. Um, good stuff, guys. All right, bye-bye. And Bernie or Bernie or whatever his name was always looked so annoyed. He's like, okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, Roop. That was that's funny. <laughs> that was one you probably want to forget. But uh, what? what? Oh my god! I just found Dinosaur Island from 1994. 
uh, Jim, directed by Jim Wynorski and Fred Olin Ray. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been was... looking at Jennifer Aniston pictures ever since we started fucking in a bikini. Oh my god! All right, we got one more. What a whore! <laughs> we got one more voicemail. Elon number one, Rosa number one, Super and Gold number one, Macro Mikey. Ha! Yeah. Apparently, the Iron Sheik is not really a big fan of me, but. I still remain a big fan of Silver and Gold podcast on my second catch-up run, listening to the Navy episode this week. Thankfully, you did not throw in the village people in the Navy at any point in during the break. Navy. So, quickly going to run down my thoughts. Number one, Nancy Allen. Oh, man, she was perpetually hot through her career. I mean, there isn't a point where I look at Nancy Allen where it's just like, oh, she's kind of nasty. No, I would totally have done Nancy Allen. Uh, women what? Women being punched in porn. Yeah, that really doesn't <laughs> But not Zoe Deschanel. Jesus Christ. <laughs> For me either. Just kind of general physical violence to women in porn. I don't know. It doesn't quite turn me on as much. Props to as Dr. Doom for giving a clear and concise history of the original 1940s Human Torch. None of that Johnny Storm bullshit. But, you know, hey, I got much love for the first family of Marvel. I think Sylvan Gold has turned me on to checking out the last detail because it does certainly sound interesting. And, you know, being perpetually behind on listening to episodes of shows that I am a fan of, hey, you know, it's what I do. It's how I do. But anyways, y'all take it easy. Loaf, um, zoom, and this is Metal Mikey. Out. However the hell the Russian national anthem goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm representing. Anyways, talk to you later. Free. <laughs> that was awesome. You still there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that just came in like two minutes ago. So, oh my! <laughs> so Mikey's listening to us right now. He's, He's like, probably sitting on the shitter watching it on his iPad <laughs> while he pukes and shits his guts out. He's listening right now. Hey, Mikey. Hey, what's Mikey? up? Go fuck yourself. What's up, man? <laughs> I- all right, so... Don't think I forgot that he said he wanted to fuck me if I have a sex change. <laughs> so, uh, thanks to... Now I have to see this motherfucker at Horror Check out, check out, uh, check out Mikey uh, at Action Attraction. That's his, uh, his podcast that we've both uh, ruined in one way or another in the last month or so. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, thanks to Rupert for calling in. He's at uh, uh, Rupert, Pupkin Spe- Rupert Pupkin Speaks... Speaking of uh, a movie we've reviewed at dot uh, blogspot dot com, um, he also appears on the Gentleman's Guide every once in a while. And who else called in? I don't even Justin. remember. Justin, Justin from the freaking awesome network. They all cover Sam all kinds of shit, and some dude named Sammy Samurai or something or other. I think he has a show somewhere. Um, uh, he just pops boils. That's all he's good for. Uh, in his mouth. In his, into his mouth. He just opened wide. And by boil, he means penis. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. The, next week, uh, we're going to try to do a normal show. Um, As opposed to what? Full, well, isn't next week your off-week schedule, uh, at work schedule? 
<laughs> oh, you mean okay? I was gonna say a, we're gonna try to do a normal show. I thought we have been doing a normal show. <laughs> okay, next week we're not gonna be we're not gonna like make any jokes or anything. It's gonna be straight up serious. It is gonna be straight up serious. So um, if Zom is indeed on the show, it will come out It'll on a normal be funny. day, and it might be funny. And we're if gonna, not, we're, you're on your own. We're gonna we're gonna cover cover a couple of wrestling movies finally. Finally, yes. covering a couple wrestling movies. We did First, cover a wrestling movie. We did. Hulk what? Hogan. Uh, yeah, no holds yeah, barred. Yeah, that's true. That was the very he first wrestled. Um, so we're gonna against our better judgment. We're gonna review 2000's Ready to oh. Rumble. <laughs> Ready to Rumble <laughs> with David Arquette, Oliver Platt, and Zom's favorite Scott Con. <laughs> oh my god! Piece of shit! I picked that motherfucker too, people. Uh, and then uh, just to just to clean up the the shit splattered bowl after we're done we're going to review a very classy uh not from 1950 a classy film night in the city uh starring uh, richard widmark or vidmark gene tierney and some other people stan stanislas Zibbe, Z, uh, Z- Fuck it, I just messed up his Zabisco. why the fuck did i mess that up fucking Zabisco is an easy one all right, so um, yeah, Night in the City from 1950, and fucking ready to shit rumble in, <laughs> from 2000. <laughs> uh, we're gonna do it. We're gonna bring, you. You ask for it, we're bringing it to you. <laughs> so uh, that'll be ours next week. Um, you can always feedback us at two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred, or uh, send an email to silvagoldpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, you can find us at uh, Silva and Gold, all spelled out. dot com, Silva and Gold. dot com, or we're also on iTunes. Uh, we'd like to get some iTunes reviews. If anybody wants to leave one for us, that would be awesome. And uh, I think that's about it for me. Zom, you have anything else to add this week? Nuh-uh. <sighs> I might go fucking take a nap again or something. I just. Ugh. <laughs> One of those days, but I feel like I turned it around. I, I brought I brought a little bit of the energy for the show. You brought it. So, well, at least for me, until next week, and maybe Zom. This is Loaf Oot. Zom Oot. Bye bye. <laughs>